Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, the ugly side of reality TV rears its ugly head once again. Great news for one of our favourite TV shows with news of a spin-off. And do the networks actually want the sport they've bought? Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. This is TV Black Box bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello there and welcome to another big edition of TV Black Box Podcast. I'm Rob McKnight and you can find me at Rob underscore McKnight. Sarah Monaghan comes to us every week from an undisclosed location in the US, but you can find her at Shrimp Tank on the socials. Hello, Sarah. Well, good morning to you all or good evening or whatever the time it is where you are. Now, is there any <laughs> sign of the donkey? Uh, what was her name? Rosie? Ritzy. Uh, Ritzy. Um, no, we were at the ranch all weekend um, without flushing toilets. Oh, she's been put down. Um, right. Good start to the podcast. <laughs> we are oh. back to civilization today. <laughs> oh, you're back, are you? Yeah. I had to go to the bathroom, so we came home. Uh, so you're back on the boat? No. No, no, no. We're back at my in-laws, should All right. I say. <laughs> Welcome to the life and times of Sarah Monaghan, everyone. Uh, no, I want, oh, no. I want updates. I want to know what's going on. And that voice you just heard is the viewer's advocate, Steve Mulk. He's here. Just search for Mulk's TV talk. Hello, Mulky. Hello, Rob. I find that when I'm looking for a disinfectant to inject, uh, there are brands that go in better than others. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Uh, the famous words of Mr. Trump. Benjamin J. Norris is his name on Twitter, but to us he's just good old Ben. Hello, Benjamin. Hey, how you guys going? Very excited to be back. And I also have to make an apology to Brookie this week. Oh, unprecedented. Well, I just don't know whether or not I should apologise now. Why not? I'll take this opportunity while I've got the mic. Uh, Brookie will know what I'm talking about. Did I get the date wrong of a certain reality TV program? (laughs) Come on, don't be quiet about it. I am not certainly going to be quiet. I think this is on a rare occasion where winners are grinners, Ben. And, yes, we are talking about Big Brother in June as I predicted last week. So thank you. That is very big of you. <laughs> Which we will talk about a little bit later. And, of course, that man is the name we could never forget. Viscount, Viscount, however you want to say it, it's Brookie Stephen Brook. Hello, Brookie. Hello. Winners are grinners. Don't worry about the champagne, Ben, but Malk, <laughs> if I am right about Between Two Worlds, I definitely want to collect from you. <laughs> Wow. Wow. <laughs> what? That's cold. What does that mean? Okay, we better hope coronavirus is finished by then. <laughs> if they 
It just sounds very personal. Uh, and requires. <laughs> oh, Rob, we just bet a bottle what? of champagne in your absence oh, over spot, when a certain TV show was going to be spot on. Spot the podcast uncle that didn't listen to last week's show yet. Yeah. I did listen to last yeah. week's show, and I can tell you, I even listened to the binge box where you guys said some very nice things about the Ben, Rob, and Robbo show. And I've got to say, thank you very much for the kind words. Um, you guys have been very supportive of our little venture, and we really do appreciate it. And I miss not being able to talk about what I'm watching on TV because I'm watching Kim's Convenience. I've only just discovered this show and the whole family is binging it and we love it. You're making good choices, Rob. (laughs) Finally. All right, let's get into the news. (laughs) And TV Black Box can exclusively reveal plans are in place for a celebrity edition of Gogglebox to hit our screens in September. Initial plans by Foxtel for the spin-off series were thrown into chaos due to the coronavirus, but producers are forging ahead with plans in place to make the show work. Celebrity Gogglebox is not a new concept, with Channel 4 in the UK running a six-part series in 2019, which included Kelly Osborne, Little Minx and Little Mix and others. While names are being closely guarded at the moment, TV Blackbox has heard whispers breakfast radio personality Jackie O will be one of the celebrities. Foxtel declined to comment when approached by TV Blackbox, but importantly, Mulk, they did not deny it. This is one spin-off, Mulk, I could get behind. Yes, with an if, no, with a but, Rob. Uh, the catch ah. for Celebrity Gogglebox 100% lands in whether or not the celebrities are going to be forthright in their opinions, as we've seen with our Goggleboxes that we know and love, or whether they're just going to kind of, you know, pull their punches and not really say whether or not they think this show is good or this show is bad. I, I'm all for it. I think it's got great potential. Uh, certainly following on from, uh, like, the UK format, I think there's even been a US celebrity version. Bring it on here. But please, it'll be tired and boring if it's just, oh, that was nice. Yep. Yep. I don't think we'll get that. I think we are a bit more forthright as Australians. Reggie Bird has put her hand up, the Big Brother winner, uh, has put her hand up to do it. Who else would you like to see do it, uh, Brookie? Well, I think Jackie O potentially has uh, the uh, manner and the attitude to be really honest. I think you'd probably want her and Kyle. I mean, it's basically their radio show. Could you imagine them sitting there and watching it together? It would be fantastic. In coming forwards about what they think, in a way, it doesn't really matter who they get, does it? Because we've seen Big Brother, a bunch of nobodies, become one of our... Sorry, we've seen... (laughs) We've seen Gogglebox (laughs) with a bunch of nobodies become one of our favourite shows. So it's all about the honesty of the opinions and the kind of group camaraderie and the insight into real Australia. And I've got to say, actually, hats off to Foxtel and Ten... Our version, so much better than the British one. Yes. Oh, very interesting. Shouldn't they just get the binge box podcast? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely, Sarah. Yes. <laughs> My Kitchen Rules judge Pete Evans is in trouble with the Therapeutic Goods Administration for promoting a light machine to treat COVID-19. The BioChanger light is being sold through Evans' website for almost $15,000 US. He was fined $25,000. In a social media post, Evans has denied he did anything wrong and says he will be taking legal action. Brookie, is Pete Evans a liability for the Seven Network? Oh, yeah, I think it has got to that stage. I think they've done a very good job in um, managing around yeah. him because this is not the first time that there have been <laughs> what I will come out quite bluntly and say crank views and opinions from Pete. And I don't think it sits well with the network. He 
I think is abusing his fame and his position mm. to push some pretty outlandish, unscientific, unproven and expensive uh, machines that are, you know, in this day and age, it's wrong. We've moved on. I think he should not be indulged. I think this is really serious. I would like the network to come out and publicly reprimand him because I think that's what's needed now, and that yep. would be some leadership. And can I just add, note to seven, you might think that you need Pete Evans, but I think that MasterChef has shown us this year mm. you can replace your lineup on your food show and your judging panel, and look what happens. Yeah. Ratings actually go up. Well, House Rules has not set the world on fire, so what's his value? And the fact is I've reached out to Seven on no less than two occasions asking what they think of his behaviour and whether they will continue to employ him if he's making these claims. No response. So I find that very interesting. They're certainly not rushing out to guarantee that Pete Evans has a future at the Seven Network. So, Sarah, if I was Pete, I would be thinking I may have pushed it one step too far, especially during this pandemic. Or since the president just endorsed UV light, he may sell a bunch of them. Yeah, well, maybe maybe Pete Evans belongs as Donald Trump's advisor or something like that. Maybe he is Trump's advisor. I will say that don't please don't inject the bleach. But there has been several CDC people that did come out and say that the UV light was effective. So maybe he's onto something. I don't know. Here's the interesting thing for for Seven. Um, Pete Evans at the moment is laughing all the way to the bank. Honestly, um, he, all he has to do is sell two lights. Count them one, two, and he has paid the TGA fine and has and five in grand profit. in the bank. Still, for two yeah. lights that He'd would have cost him... very popular in America. Oh, mate, for two lights that would have cost him about 80 bucks at Radio Shack. <laughs> like, nothing to put that shit together. Um, it's, it's fully out there, and until Seven call him into line, he is just waving his hand at them. And by the way, Rob, I think you meant my kitchen rules. He's not on house rules. Oh, sorry, of course That's I right. did. Um, the day. thing I would say, Mark, that was 15000 US, so he probably doesn't even need to sell... He only probably needs to sell one of those to cover the TGA fine. Yeah, 1.1, really. It's it's kind of crazy. So I, I still stand by the fact that it's made up about you know, 80 bucks worth of parts. Um, <laughs> it's, it's honestly rubbish that he's been allowed to progress down this path so deeply and Seven haven't sort of said anything about it and just letting him basically run their brand into the toilet because he's so mm. deeply linked to it now Absolutely. and Seven are not in a position where they can afford for their brand to be messed with like this. You've got to have one fringe person on TV. I just hope they put him in Gogglebox. I think he'd be a good on Celebrity Gogglebox. I'd love to know what that crazy man has to say. <laughs> well, what is his relationship with Seven now anyway? Is he is he still contracted? Is MKR coming good back? Question. Is he up for anything else? No. That's usually what happens is when people go a little bit crazy, it's usually because they've lost a job. Like it happens all the time in the TV industry. I have a good feeling that this man has basically lost his contract with Channel 7, he's no longer required and is now looped the loop, like he's off the chain. You know, previously on Dawson's Creek, he probably would have been asked, he probably asked the network if it was going to be okay to do what (laughs) he did. But with no backing behind it, he's gone whiz, bang, pop and said something stupid and no one's there to catch him. As far as I'm concerned, he was so weird drinking that cup of tea or whatever herbal energy he was drinking, you know, whilst trying to sell that stupid light from Back to the Future. Like it was so weird. It's like... uh... It's like Tom Cruise jumping onto yes. the couch. Oh. 
on Oprah. Exactly. Jumping the shark, he, I think, is what it's called. Or as Tom Cruise likes to say, jumping over the couch. <laughs> when he uh, lost his all-powerful publicist, Pat Kingsley, and she could no longer shield him from all his craziness. Mm, very mm. true, Brookie. Well, it's been the big promo for the most anticipated series this year. This weekend, Channel 7 launched Big Brother. I have been watching you. Australia. You see, I never went away. And now, I am ready to play. Welcome to my brand new house. I gotta be me. Every room, between every wall, and around every corner, I will be there, watching and listening. I want to live. There is nowhere to run. Not merely survive. There is nowhere to hide. And I won't give up this dream of life that keeps me alive. I have searched for a new breed of housemate. I gotta be me. To play my game. But nothing will prepare them for what I've got planned. What else can I be My house. My rules. My game. Who wins? You decide. I gotta be me. Big brother, what are you playing at? I am Big Brother. I've got to say, I like it. But, Ben, you are a former contestant on Big Brother. It certainly feels different to the show we know and love. What are your thoughts? It's definitely not a show that I was on, that's for sure. But I do have the feeling, like, everything we've been given so far about this reboot of Channel 7 is is kind of like a, a weird bitter pill to swallow in a way of us being forced to say goodbye to a familiar brand of what we liked about Big Brother. However, I do think with what they're doing is they're trying something really new. Mm. And when I stay thinking about, you know, that element of them trying to surprise audiences by doing something out of the box, that makes me happy. I just am getting a little bit sick and tired of people pulling strips off it for the things that link it back to the old series. It's not the old series and everyone just has to accept that. A hundred percent. And these housemates, from what we know so far, which is very little, are going to be different styles of housemates. And I think with this ad, they showed real Australians, which is what people wanted. So, look, as far as I'm concerned, I think people need to remove their right of opinion until the show launches as to whether or not... Everyone's entitled to their opinion, and the fact is that you, you, when you want to engage with the public, you've got to take the good and bad. And the fact is there are people that aren't sold on the new format because they yearn for the old. Now, you could say if they launched the old format again, it wouldn't rate. So 7R and Endemol Shine are trying something. I've been very supportive. I will cast my judgment when it happens. But at the end of the day, they're entitled to an opinion. Yeah, I think people, I love that. And look, at the end of the day, Big Brother's always conjured a public audience out there that is entitled to their opinion. That ultimately is the magic of reality television, is putting real people on TV for you at home to have your opinion. And that is still yet to come. I just think, 
Yes, I found it really strange to listen to that voice and I'm not completely sold on it. Yes, we now know that that's the narrator of the show and that he's also going to be the big brother for the housemates to hear. You know, yes, there's... So when you say narrator, he is the Mike Goldman replacement as well? Well, they've double dipped because they've got this new person who's only just been hired also now just dubbing his voice in. So at the moment, from what I'm aware of, they are watching, you know, the footage that's being put together and they are getting an example of his voice now being used in each episode, which is exciting. Mm. And uh, I think they're packaging it up and cutting it together and it should be exciting. Do I think that the sound of Hal, you know, the spoken voice from, (laughs) you know, all those years ago is the right voice for Big Brother? No, and that's probably because of my own connection to the brand and that was that I thought Leon Murray, who was my Big Brother, absolutely capsulated what Big Brother needs to be. Yeah, but Peter Abbott was my Big Brother. Exactly right, but I think we all are attaching ourselves to a Big Brother voice that had a lot more sort of sort of authority, you mm. know what I mean? And this voice is kind of missing that, but we haven't seen him unleash any power yet, so we, we might end up being... As a lot of people saying, you know, he sounds a bit creepy. We might end up being a bit scared of him. I'm just waiting for him to say, would you like to play a game? Cut their own legs off or like fall into a pit of syringes. I mean, that was the creepiest. Thermonuclear war. No, I'm thinking of Saul, where the guy's on the little tricycle thing. I I did see something on Twitter, and I have no idea who it was, but I saw someone on Twitter do a post that said, it rubs the lotion on its skin. It's terrifying. Can we make sure all of those contestants are still alive, please? Oh, they are. That's very that's very dark of you, Sarah. I think last week it you were suggesting like a, that some of them might have died by the time the show starts from Corona. It and was this like week... a snuff video. <laughs> uh, I reckon that this promo is the 10 peach of TV promos. Wow. It's something, and I'm not necessarily saying that as a huge criticism, but it is something that is meant to be so crazily out there that everybody sits up and pays attention exactly. and has a position on it, good or bad. I don't think they care. This is all about heightening awareness for when the show turns up, which the latest I hear is mid-June. Uh, yes, I was assuming mid to late June and was hearing whispers of that, but you have, you've been spot on the money this far, Bookie, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to, Fight you on that one. Mok, I felt like you were getting up and leaving the chair when I said I liked this promo. (laughs) Yeah, look, there's no question I'm going to watch it. That promo makes me want to watch it less, which Mm. to mine is the reverse of what it should be. I get, again, it's about polarisation and people going to have opinions. All of that sort of stuff is amazing. Uh, I, But maybe it's not selling to you. Maybe because you're going to watch it, they don't need to sell you they need to sell the public that doesn't watch it and get people intrigued about this oh look this is that that right now this is the biggest thing in seven schedule in 2020 it is Absolutely. dare i say it possibly their last hope in 2020 so they're going to throw everything they can to get as many eyeballs and and i think that on opening uh you know when it's premiering There'll be a bunch of people that tune in, heaps of rubberneckers just to see what happens. The stuff that rubs <laughs> me the wrong way is the kind of playful interaction with Big Brother in the promo. I get, I'll get away with the the look and the sounds and the song and the Big Brother robot voice, which I think is stupid and spooky and the creepy, you know, I've been watching, I'm still here, whatever. Um, the Sonya interaction with Big Brother, I just don't buy. Like, we, if it was season one, I get it. But it's like season 13 of Big Brother in Australia and... 
we all know that Big Brother is not some mystical, magical nobody. It's an actor or a voiceover artist delivering us a role in a script. This trying to generate Big Brother into a character, I do not buy. Well, we'll have our, our chance to have a look and give our views when the show launches in June. Meanwhile, it's tough times for Foxtel as the pay TV operator struggles to stop the churn as customers cancel their subscriptions due to the lack of sport. Now the company is turning its attention to its new entertainment streaming service called Binge, which the Australian reports will launch in four to six weeks. Ben, can Australia cope with another streaming service? Absolutely it can. And I think oh, really? you know, in a market which, you know, is going to one, one particular, you know, successful brand is going to dominate and push another brand to try and outdo it. I think that this market is only going to get more flooded before they start pulling back. I never thought when we got Stan and we got Netflix uh, that, you know, or the three that main people were using, you know, Disney Plus, that that was going to be it. There's always going to be more. There's always going to be a point of difference and the strongest will survive. And it, will come down to which product actually has something of a point of difference that audiences want to attach themselves to. And I don't necessarily understand exactly what Stan's brand is and what Netflix's brand is on these networks at the moment. They just seem to have grabbed who could we get, what content could we get, what's the best thing that we can have, and dump it onto a streaming service. I kind of feel like what's going to survive And Foxtel's going to be different how? Well, I'm not saying that Foxtel is going to be different, but I'm not, certainly not surprised that they're at least giving it a shot. I mean, this is the biggest way that people are watching television these days. Mm-hmm. Why would they sit around and do nothing? They were clearly always going to do something. But what I'm trying to say is whilst these networks fight out for who is the most successful, it's yet to be determined. We haven't seen what Foxtel's going to do yet. Well, it depends on their output deals and HBO is still in play, which they might not get. Isn't that right, Mark? Well, yeah, we discussed it last week, the fact that uh, the HBO agreement is currently got two years still to play with Foxtel, but the HBO Max content, so HBO's new streaming service, all of the originals for that are up for grabs. So that's currently uh, a negotiated position working between Stan and Foxtel right now. This is, uh, I think it was called Project Ares, that Foxtel Mm. have been trying to get out for I'm gonna say at least 12 months, probably longer, and I, I would hesitate to say that the coronavirus pandemic has forced their hand somewhat. They are now rushing this to market mm, to try absolutely. and corner extra viewers, people who are still available and doing all those sorts of things. The thing that works against them, even though Foxtel now pricing is significantly higher than your Netflix or your Stan or whatever, to drop binge into the market at reportedly 12 to 15 bucks. Just to start, that's what nah. was said in the Australian article, that's too much. It's way too much. Sarah, how many streaming services are you subscribed to in the States? Um, so we've got Hulu. The parents pay for Netflix and we have a thing off their account. <laughs> um, there's Amazon Prime. Um, and then we did try other things like BritBox and stuff, but that kind of sucked. But now Hulu has, like, incorporated everything because it used to be you paid for HBO and Stars and all that separately. Um, but now Hulu took everything. So basically it's just Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Hulu. So you haven't got the Disney Plus. Will you think about HBO Max when it comes? Um, well, we don't have kids, so I don't need Disney. Um, and then I think the HBO Max might be included in the Hulu. 
Right. And there's also CBS All Access. So there's still a lot you're not Peacock. getting. And But then we've also got YouTube TV, which lets you mm-hmm. see every regular, like, channel that's on television as well. Right. Okay. Well, we will see what happens with Foxtel as well once again. Meanwhile, ABC has announced a $5 million Fresh Start Fund to safeguard local content and support the local production industry during the COVID-19 shutdown. Michael Carrington, ABC Director of Entertainment and Specialist Content, said the ABC was the biggest backer of local content and the money would supercharge the development of new Australian content for audiences across multiple genres, including drama, comedy, children's, factual, music and the arts. The funding round runs from May 4 to June 12. Well, Brookie, there's not going to be many people who disagree with this. Where's the money coming from, though, at a time of cutbacks at the ABC? Well, the cutbacks were frozen because of the coronavirus. Basically, they realised they couldn't get the staff in to brief them properly on the proposed changes. So that's all been put on hiatus. And I suspect that there are quite a few programmes the ABC was planning to make this year that are on hold. Mm. We haven't really had any announcements about that, but they have... uh, Back in Time to Dinner was one that was kind of floated. That's obviously... Difficult, some of their other specialist and entertainment programs which involve getting out and about and aren't studio-bound could also be a bit difficult. There's also the thing, Brookie, that we should consider is that they must be saving a fortune in travel expenses and per diems because no-one's travelling, no-one's using their per diems, people aren't using taxis, they are literally all working from home and so that's got to save them a mozza. Yeah, and even journalists who are doing uh, news stories, some of them have got to be out in the field, but a lot don't. Very true. Uh, We're seeing Four Corners this week, which is talking about the White Island volcano disaster in New Zealand. Clearly that was filmed uh, months ago. Uh, This is really going to count in the coming months, isn't it, when the gaps in the schedule become more apparent. So I think there's reasonable sources for where the money is coming from. But also this is about attempting to give the local production industry a helping hand because uh, the ABC, along with many other broadcasters, need these independent production companies to keep going. And they're the ones that will suffer. If they can't survive coronavirus, uh, we will have fewer production companies at the other end of this because I imagine a lot of them live very close to the edge and rely on those new shows and the new funds that come through. And this is going to be a long time. Part of the money is going to be to supercharge development uh, for when the restrictions lift so they can rocket straight into getting commissioned and into production. Great. They've also got an innovation fund to back bold uh, and innovative talent ideas across multiple genres aimed more at a younger market. There's a digital arts fund, a children's content fund, very important in the context of the quota removal that we were discussing over the past couple of weeks and also they're going to be looking at trying to support Australian musicians and artists across new music commissioning work classical music jazz music but also music scholarships and that's where Triple J will come in Mm. okay bring back to nightly (laughs) while we're talking about the ABC the Australian it's made a big deal today out of an email from the ABC's news director Gavin Morris trumpeting the new look Q&A. Now, they said the note was a thinly veiled shot 
at the 12 year old at the 12 year reign of executive producer Peter McAvoy and Tony Jones. Part of the email says so many people are commenting about the quality of the discussion and the reduced involvement of politicians who have nothing to say. Malk, come on, he's hardly like he's going to say the new show is terrible and wouldn't it be great if we went back to the old one? You're right, he's not going to say that and I didn't write it, so don't have a go at me. Um, the the interesting thing about it, I it, look... Sorry, I, I wasn't having a go at you, no, Malk. No, you weren't, mate, it's okay. Come on, Malk. Um, the, the interesting thing for mine is that absolutely Gavin should be trumpeting how great it's going. Sure. Um, highlighting the things that pe- the things that people are saying, the stuff that he's hearing anecdotally, sure, why not? Which opens the door for your long-standing critics at the Australian to say, "Oh, he's loving this one. He must have hated the old one, or he's having a shot at them." It's standard form for the Murdoch press to find the opportunity and to take the words and to twist them so that it turns a positive into a negative, because that's what they do. And, Ben, there's nothing wrong with talking up your new product. That's what you do, right? <laughs> well, should we uh, go into a segue and promote the Ben Robin Robbo show at this point? <laughs> now got TV binge box, bitches. <laughs> yeah, it's like playing like a game of Snap or you know, You've got to put your cards down and promote what you want to promote. I think that when it comes to promoting something, though, I think viewers and listeners are always pretty onto whether or not it's a hard sell or whether or not it's a unique um, sell. Uh, oh, sorry, when I was not not unique, I should say authentic. Mm. So I think sometimes when you're promoting something, it needs to be authentic. It can't just be like a, a punch in the face. So I think, you know, there might be some issues in that. Fair enough. Now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches with Sarah. Thanks, Rob. A contestant on the Australian version of Love Island has claimed she was hospitalised last month after attempting suicide. Speaking to the Daily Telegraph, Vanessa Sierra Jolie, 25, said she was bullied while shooting the show and claims the Channel 9 reality show ignored incidents that occurred during filming last year. She also says when she complained to the production team about feeling uncomfortable, she was removed from the Fijian villa. Will and Grace finished up on Netflix last Friday, but it almost didn't happen. It was thanks to Deborah Messing and her contract agreement, which stipulated that the show must be finished before Christmas. The finale was recorded in time and scraped in just before the COVID-19 pandemic hit. Seven Queensland, in conjunction with the Queensland Department of Education, is set to bring weekly school lessons directly into the homes of primary school-aged children. The groundbreaking partnership will see age-appropriate curriculum broadcast on Seven's free-to-air digital network, Seven Two, throughout Term Two for Queensland students commencing this Friday. Thank you, Sarah. Coming up, Sporting Code's desperate to play again, but do the networks want them back? And we open the TV Black Bolt to get the latest goss. TV Black Bolts, we'll be right back. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ben, Rob, and Rob, 
media executive Rob McKnight. Something brand new is coming to your social media feed. Big Brother winner Ben Norris. This is something bold and informative with a side of humour. And journalist David Robbo Robinson. It's truly going to be something different. Ben Robin Robbo Show starts April 20. Go to tvblackbox.com.au slash BRR for more information. It's the Ben Robin Robbo, Ben Robin Robbo, Ben Robin Robbo Show. Yes, it's already started. Two ga- two and a half gays is the subtitle of that show. So we just don't know which one's the half. Um, <laughs> I'm full gay. There we go. Full disclosure. Full disclosure, full gay. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's get to the big issue with Brookie. It seems incredible, Rob, but in four weeks, rugby league could be back on the box. The NRL has announced its restart date to be May 28, and incredibly, governments seem to be warming to the idea with previous Refusenik Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk sounding conciliatory on the radio today. The National Cabinet will meet later in the week to discuss the whole matter, the key issue being providing a safe workplace for the players. But make no mistake, sport and media are still in huge disarray. Fox Sports has had heavy job cuts. Over at Seven, they're applying for the JobKeeper allowance, but they would love to have the AFL back. In contrast, Nine is talking tough on an NRL return. There's been a spectacular bust-up between League and Nine, which says it stands to save $130 million if the competition was cancelled this year. The amounts of money seem astonishing. Each week for the NRL, the nine pays $3 million, while Fox Sport pays about $8 million. Nine wants to stick to the contract, which would mean 17 rounds of playing, but the NRL wants to extend to a 20-round season. Nine doesn't want to pay the extra and is worried that an extended season would clash with the Cricket World Cup, which has still not been cancelled. Additionally, sports are losing their chief executives left, right and centre. Todd Greenberg was out the door at the NRL this week, last week, sorry, with a $650,000 payout, while over at rugby, Raylene Castle got the boot which, provo- uh, which provoked a furious reaction from former 10 CEO Paul Anderson. Rugby's in all sorts of problems. Foxtel is furious that its offer for a new contract was rejected. Optus, which is the main other bidder, has said it can't even get to bidding until next year. The rights run out in eight months. Rugby might be able to get a competition going if we're allowed to travel to New Zealand with a Bledisloe Cup round a real possibility. The AFL is set to announce its plans in May for a restart. It was touted that streaming services would eventually be the saviour of sports, but this has just not happened here or overseas, with research showing that on average the amount they're prepared to pay is only 15% of what free-to-air networks are. Seven is anxiously awaiting to see whether it can have a cricket season 
and even a big bash, even though the competition is domestic, it relies so much on foreign stars. As with nine, the amounts of money that seven have to pay for sport is incredible. The Olympics would cost it about $100 million, the AFL the same, and $80 million for cricket. Seven doesn't want to pay for the cricket. It can't pay for the cricket. The entire company is valued at only $125 million. So two things out of this are all that we can say with certainty. The media can no longer afford to pay for sport, and sport can no longer afford itself. I'm really surprised, guys, about the NRL boldly announcing this restart, and I just wonder... (laughs) if there can be any degree of certainty that it's going to come back. What percentage likelihood do you give the NRL starting in a month's time? Infinitesimally small. Uh, It absolutely has to get past the National Cabinet. And while uh, Gladys Berejiklian and Anastasia Palaszczuk might be very pro it, uh, I can't imagine that a federal government in effectively damage control, trying to make sure that the population are safe... um, are going to be for anything like this going on, particularly with NRL players revealing themselves to be complete dicks and ignoring all of the advice by the government around safety and keeping yourself away from people and not going on camps and shooting things. On the one hand, if you are telling everyone social isolation and you've got to clear off Coogee Beach, how can you have a contact sport? I don't get it, Ben. Oh, absolutely. I think it's really strange to think that it could come back. I think the likelihood of it coming back is probably greater than what Malk's saying, though, because I think there's a real need for it to come back. I think if they just write this whole year off and then try and just pretend nothing happened and start it up next year, there might be some issues with that. I personally think something that could be smarter is that you know, we're not going to get a full season. So why not we get some kind of charity event or a charity match that can happen towards the end of the season, uh, which reignites Australians and gives them a sense of purpose that they can interact with and contribute something. I mean, if you think about the amount of people who love their sport and that's their sense, that's their sort of, that's their entertainment, you know, they're going to be really passionate to support that. And if they don't support it, then there's going to be a huge dent in that industry for up to 20 to 30 years to come. So, a nice idea. And let's not forget that we're just talking about what the networks need out of sport, but there's an entire media ecosystem with a lot of other publications and journalists that report on sport, that write about it, that, um, you know, commentate on it. Uh, It's a lot of extra people whose livelihoods depend on it. Mulk? There's so many moving parts to this, Brookie. You're right. There's all of the ancillary media that flies around it. There's the radio broadcast rights as well. Uh, Nine, uh, when it comes to the NRL, like you said, Nine and Foxtel up for a massive amount of money every week. I have it on good authority uh, after our conversation weeks ago about this. um, Nine don't recoup the money that they spend on the NRL through advertising. This is a loss leader for them, one that they choose to have because it's synonymous with their brand and builds the expectation. Also, if they didn't have it, they'd be left high and dry against their competition. I think given the opportunity, they'd love to have the AFL on board as well, as Seven would. You know, they'd love to have both of them to try and corner the market, but it's just not possible. The the networks and the, the codes themselves are victims of 
insane deals that they've done. And if they were able to, and I say if, they were able to cancel this season and just start up in 2021, we'd be seeing it with a huge number less clubs, fewer clubs probably, um, because they're yeah, just... Because that can't go on as it went on with all the, the salaries. The they just can't survive salaries. now. No way. Yeah. Sarah, if you're a TV executive, do you want sport to come back or do you want to say, no thanks, we'll save the money? I would save the money, but then again, I'm not really into sports. But um, my question is, are they going to be playing just themselves like they proposed in the US where they were going to have basketball and football without people in the stadium and it would only be broadcast on TV? They're playing tag. Well, or are they at, going to... At, at, at the, at the, the rules at the moment would be yes. You would, could not have stadiums full because... In New South Wales, at least, the number of people who can gather together in any single group is two. Yeah. But does, do, and the other thing is, how much are people actually missing sport? A lot. Is it so interesting, a lot. Oh, look at the it's Tommy Little rant on the project the other night. He's I think really missing. Guys, I think sport is so important. I don't. I'm not a big supporter of sport, and probably people have a laugh at me, you know, jumping in and saying how important it is. But like, I grew up in the suburbs. I saw how powerful and important mm. and about community that sport represents. And I think that those things have just as much to do with you know protecting pe- the community's mental health as much as protecting the arts. Like, you can't tell me. I thought the question you were going to ask Sarah Brookie was, what would you spend your money on? Would you, you know? spend the money on protecting sport or, you know, or TV, you know, or something like that. There's a meme going around showing that, you know, during this time, nobody really cares about reality stars, actors or sports people. You know, it's it's. I think actual... that's. I think is that that's true, really... though. No, that's not true. I think that in some, I think people probably don't care about reality TV people, and I've got first hand of that. I think reality TV people fall off people's radars the minutes their shows are over. But I think that they absolutely care for their sports stars, and I think sports stars are incredibly important in shaping role models for young boys growing up, young girls growing up, like. Then they should be better role models. But uh, you could say that. That's fair enough to say. Look, Sarah, I can honestly say that's that's. You know, you're valid in saying that because we have just come through an era of our life where greed and people being um, not appreciative enough of who they are and taking the piss, we've gone through that era of our lives. But that era, I think, Ben, is gone. I don't think that those million-dollar sports stars are going to... They are now... Uh, Obsolete. In agony. We all, we, we're we correct about the fans really missing them, but these people must be going through hell. Well, and they're trying to pay them like they're US people, and it's like Australia has 26 million people and America correct, has 300 Sarah, million. We, we, you cannot yep, we, pay Australian stars like they're in the NFL. so right. The day of reckoning is already here, and I think we're going to see slim-down competitions. I think we're going to see... Is that what uh, Nine wants? I'm a bit confused because um, in your intro you said Seven wants the AFL back, but Nine are playing hardball hmm. uh, with the NRL. Why doesn't Nine want it back? Is it purely a cost-saving measure? And then if that's the case, why aren't they just prepared to give up the rights? What are Nine trying to get out of all this? Nine, if the NRL comes back... Nine wants to stick to its contract, which means that there is a cut-off date of October the 4th, mm-hmm. which would be the end, end of, the, of season. the season. That means that Nine would save quite a lot of money because the season would be shortened 
and it could, you know, bank that extra money. Sure. We're not even talking about the production costs. Yeah. So the NRL, though, wants to have a later finishing date for the season. Uh, every round of NRL that occurs, nine have got to spend $3 million. So it was just so interesting that nine came out and said we could save $130 million if the NRL wasn't on this year. Uh also, I think they're probably realising that advertising and sponsorship revenue, if there way was a down. restart, would be way down mm. anyway. So they couldn't hope to recoup what they would during an ordinary year. The mm. Virgin Australian supercars are in the toilet, right? There's no way that that's well, going to be a thing. Yeah, and again, the media contract for that is also up. Yep. So and look, the fact is those second... Those secondary sports are going to be worth nothing. You know, rugby union hasn't rated for years and now um, won't get... It hasn't rated for years, but it has a whole tribe of private school boys who are quite happy to pay Fox Sports. Who sit at the executive boards and all sorts of things, yeah. And would go to to the corporate box. So that was the model for that. I understand, Uh, but my point being that outside... the 90s, basically, it hasn't really fired for 10. Yeah, but outside of NRL and AFL, I don't think they'll... Outside of AFL... Outside of AFL and NRL, I don't think there's going to be much competition for sporting rights. And there's no doubt 7 and 9 want those rights to come down. The the um, random card here is Channel 10 and what they want. They've already indicated they want some NRL rights. Does well, the ABC pay for lawn bowls? No, that that probably comes under public service. (laughs) uh, They dropped that contract uh, quite a few years ago, Sarah, and you should have heard the outcry. The ABC turned around and said, nobody is watching this. Mm, mm. So you might fondly remember it from that time you were an eight-year-old kid and you switched it on one Saturday and saw it. But frankly, there's no market in this for us, so it died away. Um, The greatest disaster that befell 10 in recent decades was the fact that they gave up their share of the AFL contract. Uh, It was a bold move that failed. Split with seven. And the reason they did that, and I think this was James Warburton and Lachlan Murdoch, was they thought they were going to win the NRL back, Mm. and they didn't. Yep. Well, Brocky, thank you for that. That was really interesting. Uh, we may not be sports fans per se. But, but, but we can we are, still talk about it. Yeah, we are very interested in how it affects the psyche and the television network. So I found that fascinating. But now, can you hear that? That crack, that squeak? It's time to open the TV black vault. <laughs> I've been watching Australia. <laughs> Lights, live sound effects, people. Mark, that was so good. Can I just say, are you... He is Big Brother. Are you the voice of the new Big Brother? Look, it's really good. Of course not. Bloody hell. <laughs> Look, uh, that should be one of my stories because uh, <laughs> I, ju- <laughs> I just made it up. No, I didn't. And can I just quickly say, last week uh, when the boss was away, someone said, I can't remember who it was, oh, I think, Ben, you just make these up. I actually don't make these up. I do a fair amount of research to make sure they're pretty accurate. So for people out mm. there that are listening, uh, I actually pitch these ideas to our boss every week and I tell him who they are yep. and they're verified stories. We just, you know, it works better for us to just uh, do what I'm about to do right now. Uh, starting with number one, on, which TV... 
Sorry, thank you for the rev up. I revved up myself. Which TV star has taken a very sudden backflip on their very public attack on a co-star? Oh, that we talked about that the other week, didn't we? We did not. We certainly did not. This did is a new ben one. Ben does not recycle material, mate. What do you think this is? <laughs> Guess who don't sue? No, this is... <laughs> wow. <joking. laughs> Which celebrity couple have approached the producers of the new Celebrity Gogglebox and don't want to take no for an answer? Uh, it's me and Reggie Bird. No. <laughs> you are also not in a relationship. You are not a couple. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes have... I wonder... <laughs> She's been to your house once, mate. <laughs> yeah, but we, she talks to me all the time on Facebook, Twitter and everywhere else. God love her. She's the love best. Her. Uh, shout out to Reggie Bird. Uh, and number three, uh, which radio star is rummaging for their receipts as they try and get a refund on their co-host? Looks like the duo's relationship has gone south and they are regretting this permanent casting decision. Gosh. Wow. Jeepers. Dun, dun, dun. That's Not huge. today, FM. Um, There's no breakfast show. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's the punchline. Feel free to I slide know, into but... my DMs, people. I will never reveal my sources, and I will give you a clue. If I never write back, you might be onto something. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right. That was the Black Vault closing for another week. Thank you very much, Ben. And that brings us to the end of another TV Black Box. Great to have your company. We look forward to seeing you or hearing you or speaking to you next week. Thank you, Mog. Thank you, Brookie. Thank you, Sarah. And thank you, Ben. Thank you, Rob. Bye. That was my whip sound. Goodbye. (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.